Welcome to the Bliss Design Magazine podcast. My name is Denisa Renson. I'm the founder and curator of the Bliss Designed Movement for Global Innovative Future Conscious Women. We are here designing lives for significance, for impact, and for bliss. This podcast is full of swift, to-the-point convos with the future femme, women professionals, designers, influencers, philosophers, visionaries, and authors are joining me to shed a light on what is ahead for us and what we all need to be designing for. These are shots of the lucid, shots of bliss. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Bliss Design Magazine podcast. My name is Denisa Renson, and I'm so honored to have a really beautiful, mesmerizing guest with us today, Erin Claire Jones. She is a leadership expert and a human design expert, which I feel are ingenious ways of helping leaders to really come to terms with their natural tendencies, with their cosmic design, and how they are here to serve best their own soul, their bodies, their um, central energy, and also their professional um, design and legacy. So welcome, Erin. Great to have you. Thank you. So good to be here. Great. Well, I met Erin about two years ago in a really powerful mastermind, and she's she's seen me at my best and at my worst. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just so honored that she's joining me because I can't forget you. You know, I, I think you were the woman who introduced me to human design. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And as soon as I met you, I felt so drawn to your magnetic energy, to your um, equanimity, just a real beautiful presence and an intelligence that's beyond, to me mm-hmm. at that time, normal. And mm-hmm. so I'm so honored that we get to t- talk about your work now and what you're creating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, Erin, tell us a little bit what you're creating out there in the world. What's happening for um, your uh, work as a future woman uh, in New York? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I live in New York and I specialize in human design. Um, for those who are unfamiliar with what human design is, it's basically a system that's here to help us understand how we're designed to operate and communicate at our best to really to come into alignment with our most natural way of operating rather than really trying to be everything that we're not. Um, so specifically, you know, I'm really working to make the system as accessible to po- as possible. So working with a lot of leaders and partnerships and teams to really help people come into alignment with who they are. And often that sort of starts in the business context and then it, you know, ripples out to every piece of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, I always say with human design, it's really not about changing who you are. It's really giving people full permission to be who they've always been, you know, and a real sense of relief of like, oh my God, I get to be me. Absolutely. That was my first experience with human design when I began to look at what it actually offers. Uh, uh, it was a really forgiving experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you find people immediately get this like, oh, I get me now? No, no they're just so <laughs> relieved, you know, because the information that I'm delivering, it's like, 
they intuitively know these things about themselves, but to have it reflected back by me looking at their design, they're just like, there's a real sense of permission. That's like, oh my God, I've been spending so much of my life trying to be everything that I'm not. And basically what you're telling me is that like, I get to just be me, you know? And so, so much of human design is that like, we spend a lot of our lives like looking for authority outside of ourselves, whether it's like gurus or guides or teachers and human design is literally here to help you connect to the authority within yourself and like allow that to guide you in every moment. So yeah, the sense of like relief and permission that is like so profound, both on an individual level, but when you really start to understand the designs of the people around you, you really get to sort of honor how different they are and sort of use them to their potential. Amazing. Tell us a little bit about how human design, design came about I found that a fascinating story it's a little bit crazy of a story um but and it's funny because I work in a lot of business context so it's particularly crazy but once people hear the information it's so accurate that they don't really question it but it came out about in 1987 and there was basically a guy who was an advertising executive in Canada and ended up going to Ibiza and had this very mystical experience where one morning he woke up and he heard a voice and the voice was like it's time to work and so basically for eight days, he channeled the system, um, which is, again, so crazy. Um, but again, the information that's come out is so accurate and is honestly really the first system of its kind. And the idea is that human design is a quantum system. So it's basically bringing together all these sort of esoteric, the Kabbalah, the I Ching, the chakra system with um, genetics and quantum physics all into one system to really give us a blueprint of how we're designed to operate. It wasn't really something that could have come out of our minds. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I feel that more and more I'm looking for um, um, data, intel, knowledge from channelings much more than than what we get as intellectual. You know, I have four degrees, so I, I've done my share of intellectual input, but I find yeah. that the channeled work, um, when it's really clear, is really, really transformative. Mm-hmm. What what do you what do you feel is happening for women? Where you know this show is about the future femme. You know w- what we're designing for, where we're going as women. But essentially, anything you know the feminine frequency, even in men, where is it headed? From what you're seeing through your work, and how does your work inform it? Yeah, I mean, I think that again, like so much of my work is about giving people permission to be themselves. You know, and, like, I just had a session with a man who, like, he's so in his feminine because he's, like, been so uncomfortable being in his masculine. And so I think human design, among any many other tools that are out there, is really around sort of integrating all these different parts of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about, like, where the feminine is going or how it can support women, it's really, again, about giving people sort of this, like, intel, this genetic map, this blueprint of, like, this is how you're wired up. You know, this is how you can really sort of, this is how you can make decisions and sort of like feel like yourself. These are your strengths. These are things that can get you off track and sort of take you off in all directions. And so it feels like it's really about giving people both the tools and the awareness to really step into their full potential. And what I've seen in leaders is, is, is people that are sort of really integrating all those parts of themselves. So maybe what's actually that's going to do is give our masculine brothers uh, a lot more of that primal masculine that we're all kind of longing for it to come back in some really healthy mm-hmm. enlightened way yeah exactly no i really just had a question just about this you know i think that he like this man didn't really feel safe to use his power because he knew it had been so sort of manipulative in the past and now he's ready to use it in a different way but he's not using it at all in response to that mm. so i think it is really about just like no, no no this is really how you're designed to be and giving people permission to just like find the most authentic expression of that 
Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, great. Um, and your work, um, t tell us a little bit how you're using it. You're based in New York and mm -hmm. who you're working with and how do you just tailor it, tailor it into the society or people's lives? Totally. So, you know, my, my work is often focused on a business setting and that's mostly because I think that this work, you know, human design has been around since 87 and it always hasn't been the most accessible thing. Um, I was sharing earlier with Denise that I've been doing a lot of sessions with people recently that have done human design before. They've been in it, but they just like didn't understand how to apply it. So basically my mission is like, how can we make this as accessible as possible, both to the people that are going to go out and find this crazy stuff and also to people that would never access it. And so I'm working a lot with like individuals that are in their career and just seeking a little bit of clarity on their direction um, with like leaders and founders and CEOs that are really curious, like how can they be their most authentic leader? And then honestly, I think one of the most amazing applications of it is in sort of in relationships, like in partnerships to really understand how you're designed to work with somebody else. Um, I use this with my romantic partner all the time. It's been so powerful. And then also in small business settings, so again, to really understand how teams are designed to work together optimally. And like, it's so rare in my life that I'm going to say there's like a system that would serve everyone. But I really do believe that human design, just in terms of the self-knowledge and tools it offers, like can really benefit anyone. But my focus is really sort of supporting people like finding their purpose and career. Mm -hmm. Okay. How is it different from astrology? You know, astrology is placed in the human design. So astrology, again, astrology is one component of many components of human design. I think part of what I found, and you know, and I haven't like gone so deep into astrology on my mm -hmm. own, but I think part of what I um, respect so much about human design is it's the most grounded and tactical system I found. So rather than just like receiving all this information about myself, which is like powerful human design is literally like, okay, in every decision you make, in every communication, this is how you're designed to operate. So when people walk out of a session, they have a real tool that they can start practicing with all the time. And so I think that that really differentiates it for me among really all the other systems I see. And I also, you know, say this often in my sessions, where like human design isn't a belief system. It's like this empirical system that's literally here for you to test and play with every day and like start to see like, oh my God, what does it feel like to make decisions like this? What does it feel like to communicate like this? And you sort of will start to understand yourself, the flow that can happen once you align with your design. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, so how do you use it on a daily basis? Once you've done your, um, profile, um, maybe what we could do is we could look at a profile and mm -hmm. then kind of think about, okay, so how would, if, 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 you know, if people, um, got their readings with you there, would you say readings? What would you call it? I usually call them sessions. Sessions. Um, Yeah, and again, like I think, you know, one other offering I didn't mention is something I really started to experiment with recently is doing group sessions. So actually doing sort of looking at a lot of different people's designs at once. Oh. Um, because I think it's like a very, it's been so powerful. Like I had this one last week where like the people that came together, they all had very similar designs, which is super rare, but they were just like there and they could really offer so much support to each other to like really express what it meant to look like that, you know? And so it's been a powerful way for people to really apply it understand how different they are and also how unique the people around them are. But mm. you were saying you want to do a little reading now. Well, let's just spend a few minutes so yes. that they kind of can get a sense of the context of how it looks. Uh, I will just share, share the screen. Um, here we go. Let me know that you can see it. Yeah. 
So, for instance, this is uh, the human design of someone I know really well, myself. <laughs> and oh, it's been very forgiving. <laughs> so, when you look at this, um, you know, there's a few different. Um, would you prefer uh, this? Yeah, yeah, I have it open on my computer. Oh, too. great. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, this cool. is. This is a design that that um, that um, I got from my app on my cell phone, and uh, I check check it once in a while with transits mm -hmm. and things. But um, mm -hmm. but let let me know how you would how would how, what does this tell you? Totally. I mean, there's so much. Is the first piece is that human design like the the depth of the knowledge is insane. But just like a few key things are, you know, I'm sure you've been introduced to this, but like. Um, one is, so what we call your human design is your manifesting generator, which basically means like you really have the capacity and the energy to build and to create and to get things done. And you have a very magnetic presence. And what that means is that you're always pulling things towards you. And so part of your work is what we call your strategy is to wait to respond. And so rather than go out and initiate all these things in your life, all these ideas that you have, all these inspirations, it's really allowing those things to like come back to you in some way. And then it you'll really sort of assess whether or not it's the right time to manifest. And so there's like this, this work, you know, a lot of us like grew up, like being taught we're supposed to initiate everything. And so for you, Denise, that's really about allowing things to come to you. And that's the first piece of like how you meet with life. The second piece is how you really assess whether or not something's right for you. And so for you, you're what we call an emotional decision maker. And so what that means is that you're sort of always riding these emotional ways of like, high highs and low lows and the key is for you to really give yourself time and allow yourself to get emotionally clear before you jump into anything you know you're super intuitive you might have an intuition you might have like a real gut response um but the key is for you to really like sleep on things and then you'll really know whether or not you have the energy to move forward to something you know and so much of human design is bringing ourselves out of our heads and into our bodies You know, often if we're making decisions from like a mental place of like, I should do this, or I think I could do this, then we'll enter and realize that we don't actually have the energy to get a job. And so human design is a tool to be like, how can we make sure we enter things correctly? Because often when we enter things feeling good, like it'll keep feeling good, we'll learn a thing. If we enter things and it doesn't feel right, then like something, it's something about that is not right. And so I just really discovered through human design, again, that how we enter things is everything. So those are a few pieces. There's probably like a thousand things I could tell you. So I want to hear... You know, before I go on, like, how does that resonate with you? Do you feel like you do give yourself time to make decisions? The first question. And the second question is, like, do you realize you allow things to come to you in terms of the things that you're creating in the world? Are you pushing it out and initiating? Or are you really allowing um, those things to come? Well, because I've been, um, I found uh, since I've known my uh, design that I step back and let things allow, I allow things mm -hmm. a lot more before I would be a go-go. I was the, you know, the breadwinner of the family. I was carrying mm -hmm. 5,000 things at the same time and I was burning out and I was just spinning my wheels. So once mm -hmm. I realized this, um, this design, I just allowed myself to be me and sit back and Sometimes a lot of non-doing brings a lot of the answers, and that's mm -hmm. really helped. Mm -hmm. Totally. You know, there's something, some people are like, what do you mean I'm supposed to wait? Because, like, you have a lot of energy. You're here to work and, like, love the work that you do. And so I think what I've shared, you know, my partner who has, like, not too dissimilar of a design, like, 
he's creating things all the time. He's mm-hmm. writing books, he's like creating music, all this stuff. But he's basically waiting to really know like what is the right time to bring this into the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and sort of those things come back and initiate a thing in him and he's like, Okay, it's time to write the book. And so he's creating all the time, but it is a matter of like, do I actually have the energy to commit to this and when? You know, another important thing for you too is that like in terms of how the people around you, how they can support you is instead of like asking you super like open-ended questions that be like, what do you want to do? Or where do you want to go? Asking you very specific questions is helpful because it allows it to really activate that response in you. And so it'd be like, oh, do you want to go here for dinner? Do you want to eat this? Do you want to do this podcast? Like those things and you're like, yeah, uh-uh. You know, and so it's it's been such a tool I've used with similar people around me where I can ask them really specific questions because if I ask them open ones, it gets them straight into their head. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, because that's a real relieving, uh, um, uh, you know, I tend to have to make a lot of decisions. Uh, somehow mm-hmm. it's thrown at me and I, 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 I find it really exhausting. So... You're right. Those specific questions yeah. would be much more helpful. Mm. <laughs> and then another, I mean, again, there's so much, but another key piece for you is that um, place is so important to you. So like if you're in a place that doesn't feel right, if it's like a restaurant or your house, then you're going to start taking a lot of things that aren't right for you. So when people have what I um, am seeing here is that like, it's really like if anything isn't feeling right, like, or a place isn't feeling right, wherever it is, a park, a home, like leave. Like, it's really important for you to be in and create spaces that feel really good to you. And that sort of allows all the right opportunities and people to come your way. Amazing. Very much. I I resonate with that very much. The psychogeography of my environment is critical. I can go Mm -hmm. from being ecstatic to quite low, low energy and and Mm -hmm. touching on depression or anger, frustration Mm -hmm. like a caged animal. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. You know, and like, and just an example here, I think, to give you a sense of how different, like, for instance, my design, you know, like, Denise is really here to like born, she's here to like work and love the work that she does. Like she's designed to be like emotionally committed to her work and just like has the energy to get things done and can really work and then like crash and then wake up totally energized. For me, that's like the opposite of how I operate. Like I actually don't have, even though I have some energy, I don't have like consistent access to energy to get things done. And so my role is more of like a guide. You know, and so like when I was operating, like, you know, 70% of the population had this sort of consistent access to energy like Denisa does. And so like I was trying to operate that way and was totally burning out. And so for me, when I like allowed myself to really step into this world, just like a guide and manager, I'm not here to do all the doing. I'm so empowering. And I just felt like I was really able to serve in a much deeper way, you know. And so there's just part of it, again, of just like understanding how differently you operate. And that's uh, pr- yeah, you projector. I'm a projector, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the, and the other key piece of that is for me that means that I'm here to wait for an invitation. I'm also not here to initiate things. I'm basically here to wait until somebody really recognizes like a very specific thing I can bring to the table and invites me in, and that really creates the space. I'm like, okay, I can deliver. But if they're like asking me to do something where I don't feel recognized or doing, 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 I'm really it's not the right thing for me. And that's how, honestly, all the opportunities come to me in my life. It's like I'm never, like, applying for a thing. It's like someone will just see me and they're like, you, this. And I'm like, okay, this is right. Let's do it. Ah, you know, both of my children are projectors. And I, I always yeah. wonder how I'm going to support them in, in, in this because it's a, tr- it's, it's a tricky design. 
it's tricky, you know, and like, and I'm glad you brought that up because honestly, like this system is like for the young people. Like it's been so fun to look at a lot of my friends have kids and looking at their kids' designs because like when you can really support people operating as their most authentic selves from a young age, it's so empowering as they grow up, you know, and like, right, these projectors are, it, it is a tricky design, but it's also such a relief once you find out you are one. Because, like, I, mean, I was trying to go, 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 and I was so exhausted. And I was like, no, 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 I bring, like, a very special thing, and it's a different thing. You know, and one thing for you, Denisa, is, like, actually really starting to, like, invite your students, sorry, your your children into things is really powerful. So mm-hmm. instead of, like, asking them to do something or instructing them, like, invite them in. It really is, like, very empowering and recognizing them for the very specific gifts they have. So there are tools you can really start to use at a young age for them to really feel excited to engage in something. So if you want to get a projector to clean their room, what's what's the question? <laughs> Would, the let's... question is, it's a good question. That's a hard one. It's a hard invitation. But I, <laughs> um, but I think that, like, you know, I think instead of, again, like, instructing them to do a thing, mm-hmm. like, you have to clean your room, like, really, like, you know, we're all cleaning our rooms. Like, I really invite you to participate Aww. and clean your room, too. You know, and like maybe in exchange, like you'll get this. Beautiful. It's just like language is so key. And Mm. that's why I think, honestly, that's why I love this business context because, like, these are people you're relating to every single day. And, like, these people actually need to be related to in very different ways. And so it just gives people such tactical tools. It's like the example I gave you where it's like with my partner, he's like, where do you want to go? Or what do you want to do? And he's like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, do you want to eat salmon? Do you want to go here? And he's like, "Uh oh, let's do that. So it's just like it's resolved our communication so much just by using that very simple tool, you know, and I think there was a partnership that I was working with a while ago, and for them, they were just like, the minute they'd ha- they had that tool, they used to be like, oh my God, there are these tensions, they would last for three weeks, we didn't know what to do with them, and then once they really understood each other's designs, they like resolved things within a conversation, just because they had this deeper awareness of how to really sort of like support each other and how they were using to design to operate. Fantastic. So let's say in the case of a CEO, I'm looking at the designs of my team team members, or if you have a colleague who is your uh, business partner, tell us a little bit how you use um, design that way. So, you know, I think that the first step is always for somebody to really understand their own design, because like if they're not aligned with that, then it's really hard to align with anything else. So like when I, for instance, will look through a leader's design, the key things that I'm going to look at, just so you get a sense of the information is, again, I look at, okay, what is their type? How are they designed to express their self? Like, how are they designed to make decisions? How are they designed to communicate? Um, what is their most natural way of processing information? Like, what are their ideal work settings? Like, um, small team, independent, whatever it is. Like, what are their natural strengths? What are the skills they bring to the team? Like, what are the areas that can really get them to take on track? And also, like, how are they here to really manifest their purpose? And so we'll really go deep into somebody's own design and see how aligned they are. And then once we do that, then we can start to actually look at how they're relating to the people around them. And they can really get a deep understanding of, like, where are the gaps in their business, who they need to bring in, and also how can they really use their team to their best. Like I said, if if they have me on their team, if they're trying to, like, get me to do the details all the time like I'm gonna not thrive Mm. and so it's about like really empowering people to sort of step into their most authentic way of leading and then understanding how to really use their team in the most efficient and harmonious way and in a way that really people feel recognized and used and excited 
It's very personalized, just like medicine is going into very genomic, personalized medicine. The world of coaching, the world of consulting, um, the world of, you know, adjusting people's frequencies is also really becoming very personalized. And human design is a big piece of that. What do you think? No, I think absolutely. I mean, with human design, we really call it like the science of differentiation. Mm-hmm. Where you look at other different assessment tools, like say Myers Briggs or Strength Finder, and these are very different because these are basically us and like answering questions based on who we think we are and who we're mentally assessing. And human design is all you need for somebody's human design is their exact time, date, and place of birth. So the idea is that it's revealing all the conscious and unconscious aspects of you rather than just who we think we are. But so, but I, when I when I bring up is those different systems have like nine different types or 16 different types like human design there are like two billion different variations so it's really like helping people understand how unique they are and how unique the people around them are when you're using other coaching tools that are uh can you hear me okay yeah yeah let's just turn up the yeah go ahead um when you're using other coaching tools that are like oh this worked for me it's gonna work for everyone it's not really the case with human design this is basically like, this is how you uniquely are designed to thrive. It may not work for me, but it works for you. And so it's incredibly personalized. Okay. Wow. Fantastic. Great. So on April 9th, you have an event. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So these are basically these group sessions that I'm doing in New York right now. They're in New York, but they'll be online soon, which is basically like, I really think the best first step to really learn about your design, like with the context of other people. I do a lot of private one-on-one sessions as well, but this is a way of like, okay, this is how I am. And this is how the five people around me operate. Um, so these are just really sort of like intimate group sessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. And they're happening where in New York? Um, they are happening. They sort of change places. Okay. But they're really beautiful, beautiful building in midtown. Great. Yeah. How can people find you? Um, my website is erinclairjones.com and all the info is there. And you can also reach me at erinclairjones at gmail.com. Amazing. Okay. Before we um, end, I'd love for you to um, give me a little bit of your kind of a message to the future fam, to the future woman, what we're creating, where we're going, anything that comes to you. I mean, I think just based on my work with human design, like the most important thing is really around like giving ourselves time and space to tune into the most authentic version of ourselves. I think there's like a lot of pressure. I think there are a lot of things that can take us off track, a lot of things that we think we should be. And so I think just like really exploring like how are we uniquely designed to succeed and express ourselves in this world, you know, and aligning with that, even though it might not make sense to anybody else. Um, and so I think just like surrendering to that is, I think going to bring us in a really powerful direction. You know, that movement to sovereignty is so huge now and it's such a freeing, uh, frequency feeling the sense of, you know, being your own uh, designer, your, the, your own leader in your life. Um, so you cease to look for love outside of yourself and everything starts to change. Exactly. And everything just starts to flow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, my beautiful. I can't wait to see you in person someday soon. I will be in New York soon. I will absolutely find you. <laughs> and um, let's keep this convo going. 
Thank you for joining us for this podcast series. You can find more information at www.blissdesign.com forward slash podcast. My name is Dr. Denise Renson and find us on the next episode of these shots of the lucid shots of bliss.